you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody. It's time for G Suite by Google Cloud. It's a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. You can make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of multiple versions. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can, can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. To find out more, visit gsuite.com. Wentz rolls. Wentz fires. Wentz completes it. Touchdown, Zachers. Handoff, Barkley cuts off the right side. He's to the 40. There goes Barkley. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Saquon Barkley. Motion, Jeffrey. Pass out to Jeffrey. He's in for the touchdown. His second touchdown catch of the game. That was the dulcet tones of Merrill Reese of WIP. This is Greg Rosenthal alongside Chris Wesseling. We're going to get to Dan Handis and preview all the week six games in just a minute. But the Eagles came out on top 34-13 to on Thursday night in a game that was basically in garbage time when the second half started. Are you feeling, Chris Wesseling, that the Eagles have righted the ship after this game? That is a good question. I don't know if they've righted the ship. Like, that was a, an encouraging performance. Carson Wentz pretty much carried the offense. They did get some good work out of Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement, but uh, Wentz got hit a little bit too much early. They lose Jason Peters to an injury. We don't know how serious that one is. Um, and then they cruised because the other team's offense was simply yeah. inept. I, I look at it like you have to manage a, a season, especially if you're a team that's a Super Bowl uh, contender or have aspirations to be like the Eagles. And I, I look at this game and it's a division game against a lousy team, but a division game on a short week where your left tackle is hurt coming into the game and gets hurt and leaves. Your right tackles hurt. There's a lot of things going on. You're short at defensive tackle because of injuries. And you know what? You manage the game. Your quarterback plays like the star he is. You end up not even having to sweat it. A couple things go your way. And you get out of town, and you just start trying to improve the rest of your team as you go, and you're at 3-3, three and three and you're in good shape. Yeah, no doubt it was an impressive performance. I just don't know if that's the same <laughs> as riding the ship. Have they? Do you think they have? 
Uh, no, not yet, but I, I'm I'm feeling good about the Eagles in general just because I like the base of their team, and I think they can take this win and, and build from here. But, you know, it's been two minutes, and I know you're already itching to uh, to bury the Giants' offense in Eli Manning. Let's let's face it. It's if, been buried for three years. <laughs> let's face it. If, you ha- if you're someone that has that believed the Giants made – uh, a mistake in not moving on from Eli Manning one way or another or for the last few years. This was another night where you can kind of crow and say, look it, look at what I told you. It's not even about crowing. It's just you can't watch this guy. How can you watch this guy every week? It's been like this for two and a half years, and I don't know how you go through an offseason and say, yeah, we're just going to surround him with different people and get a different result. It's just not going to happen. Downstairs, when we watch games, our measurement for a washed-up player is Dallas Clark. In that one game about, what, five years ago? The kickoff game where he tried to make a oh my cut. God. It took him five minutes to like turn, try to get around. Again. Yeah, that, that was Eli trying to move in the pocket. He just can't move anymore. And there's this mutually malignant relationship with his offensive line where they just magnify each other's weaknesses. Mm. And, and then that stands in contrast to Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham. I believe they converted – Two third downs, and they were both short passes to Odell where he made defenders miss to get past the sticks. And Saquon Barkley was just on fire. He, he He's probably, what, the most elusive running back in the league right now? In terms of breaking tackles, yeah, I would say so. He always makes he makes the first guy miss, and then tonight, I love, there's all these, you know, Barry Sanders comparisons that that's the guy that he reminds most people of it. And okay, maybe I'm not with a lot more power. And I'm like, yeah, it's Barry Sanders, but he's 233 pounds. Barry Sanders. So, so to call someone Barry Sanders and, and to be 233 pounds is amazing. And it is a shame he's in this offense, but man, he makes, he makes them fun to watch with Eli though. It's like, if he's so limited that everything needs to be perfect around him, absolutely, he's the Goldilocks every, quarterback. Absolutely everything, and right now the protection. He's actually getting significantly more time in the pocket. He's had less pressure percentage uh, when he's coming back, uh, when he's dropping back to pass this season than before. And things aren't going to be perfect in the NFL. You can kind of see it with Carson Wentz. He had to make up a couple plays today where he threw across his body. It's like things aren't going to be perfect, and they've put as many good players around Eli Manning as they can. And it's just, it's tough to watch. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, what is there left to say about this offense after seeing the same well, thing? Pat, three Pat years. Shermer at one point said, throw, the, you know, they, they panted him on the sideline and uh, amateur lip readers thought he was going throw the ball. And that was when he w- Eli was checking the ball down uh, quite a bit early in the game. Part of that also, some credit goes to the Eagles. Good night for Michael Bennett. Good night for Fletcher Cox. Not a good night for Nate Solder. No, good night for Barnett. I think has been playing better for the Eagles. So they have some good things to feel better about. And the Giants are one in five. And if it's already been ugly, like what's where is this going from here? Well, it's going to give Dave Gettleman another chance to draft a quarterback in the top mm. of the draft, and maybe he'll take one this time. All right. So the Giants can no longer uh, delude themselves into thinking they're in the middle of a bad division race. I don't care that they're only two games back. You're one in five. They're not going to win enough games, and this is going to be their fifth losing season out of six. So this is not a new trend. Let's talk about some games that will hopefully be a, a little better this week, and for that, let's send it over to Danny Hansis playing through pain. The Around the NFL Podcast. Wait, I thought this was the broadcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am joined in a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling to my left. 
Greg Rosenthal to my right. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Yeah. We lost Greg. What's Ho! Up? Man Back down. Now. What's up, everybody? How are you feeling? I don't feel good. Got the pig aids. <laughs> I'm staying on That's this what they're side calling of the it. You went to the doctor and they're like, sorry, Dan, uh, you've got a case of the pig aids. That is my independent theory, but it's a um, an aggressive virus that I am battling through and it's actually ransacked my entire family now. Um, and that's why I was not mm. on yesterday's show. And Wasn't it lovely, uh, you know, Emily's birthday this week because she shares a birthday with Mark or am I like mixing things up? You're mixing things up, sir. Oh, <laughs> Dan and Simone. Um, Simone and, and I Simone, have the yeah. same birthday. But um, you currently look like remember the old cartoons when Bugs Bunny would get sick, yeah, and his eyes would be all bloodshot, yeah, and it looked like there's blood draining from him, and your face is green. <laughs> That's what you look like. Yeah, right no, now. it's good. It's a good situation <laughs> that no I have going on right now. It's a good thing we're ta- pre-taping something for Sky Sports right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, well, the, the and the truth is, I picked up my phone and I was debating whether to to sit out this pod as well. And then it, as I picked my phone up, the first message I saw was. Mark Sessler saying he had some appointments uh, connected to his past health maladies and uh, he was not going to be on the show. So I said, well, I can't leave the scientists high and dry. Yeah, that really put you in a tight spot. So here I am playing her. We appreciate it. Tim Posey would have been happy to host the show. She's just trying to take over, take it over. She could have been, she could have done it. She keeps on giving me soup uh, every day and I'm, I've been eating it, but now I'm wondering what she's putting in it. <laughs> Pamposi's giving got you Chargers soup. hot takes. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sweet. I just want you to feel better. Oh, thank you, Erica. Okay, so forget about that. That's the NFL season. The only time you're ever 100% week one. <laughs> and from that point on, <clears throat> it's just about battling. You're always playing through something. Yeah, yeah. you always got something nagging. And uh, if you don't, well, you're not giving it your all. Well, the most important ability. Glory boy. Is availability. Yes. You could play for Belichick. Yes but I never would. <laughs> I, I'm like on the Reggie Wayne All-Stars. It's like, no, football's supposed to be fun, man. Hmm. Me and Reggie and Eric Decker and all those other guys. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. It's like, what's going on over here? Get me out of here. <clears throat> all right. We're going to go through each of the week six games on Sunday and Monday, including the first London game. I know people are very excited over on the other side of the pond for that. And uh, you heard at the top of the show our recap of Eagles and Jimon. <laughs> so we're going to now spin forward. You guys want to get into it? Let's Please. do it. Dig in. The uh, rest of week six, and we will start ooh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off their bye week. And, yes, it is a different Bucks team now because Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback once more. Ryan Fitzpatrick heads to the bench um, officially after uh, three and a half games of mostly excellent work. And Winston takes over and goes up against the Falcons team that entered the season with high hopes. But here they are, Wes, at one and four. And if they have any chance to stay in the NFC playoff picture, they're going to have to find a way to beat the Bucks. Yeah, this is one of those fantasy football start everyone matchups. Everyone in the pool. The Falcons play shootouts in the Dome. And both of these teams have bad defenses. So you're starting Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Sanu, Ridley, Tevin Coleman. It looks like Freeman is not practicing this week, is injured again. And then start all your bucks, too, because this is going to be, like, lights out. 
And and you mentioned the, the Falcons kind of needing this win. They've had a home-heavy schedule early. They're home again next week. They've already lost two at home, including one in the division to the Saints. I do think you, you would ultimately stick a fork in them at 1-5 and five if they lose at home to a Bucks team who's one of the only defenses in the league that's worse than they are. That that even though if you look at the Bucks' talent, especially in the front seven, they got a lot of players. So at some point, you got to think it's the coaching. They have they have some decent players in the front seven. They should not be this bad. You've been too nice to the Falcons. I forked them two weeks ago. It's fair. They got. I mean, they they lost two basically buzzer beater games to the they Bengals can't stop and the anyone. Saints. In the Saints, they can't stop good. anyone. That's not a playoff team. Do you I, think it's just a matter of they lost too many key guys? Yes. And they don't have the depth to to fill in the spots. But how about the idea of when you lose key players the way they did? It's going to take a couple of weeks to yeah. figure out how your game plan is going to be redirected. Uh, the little bit benefit of the doubt, I guess. Okay, that's fair. But also, you could have done better if you signed maybe the best players available, like Eric Reed. Hmm. Instead, you let your division rival take him. I uh, I think they could have time to figure it out because I think their coaching staff is good on defense. Yeah, but you should can't, be. You but can't replace have to do the it now. speed with which Deion Jones and Keanu Neal played. And this is a very tough matchup for them. Jameis Winston is getting the start, and I think he's going to be an upgrade from Fitzpatrick. But ultimately, they're very similar players. I was thinking about this. I was writing QB index, and I'm writing how I think Winston is set up for success for many, basically the same reasons that Ryan Fitzpatrick was set up for success. He's the rich man's Fitzmagic. They both have a great— That's generous to Winston. Well, I mean, just look at what he's done compared to what Fitzpatrick has done over the seasons. Guys, I'm too early. sick to go. Yeah, down to I don't want to do this. Today. My point is, though, they both see the field. They anticipate. I think they both have a lot of football intelligence, but then they both they trust their arms a little too much. They get too aggressive. They're extremely streaky, and they kind of are. They're YOLO quarterbacks. I mean, they play every game as if it's their last, and that leads to kind of magical, great streaks and moments, and it leads to them. You know, spectacularly crashing every once in a while. To me, he's like a instance of more talented Fitzpatrick, and he needs to be better mentally than than he was last year. I like the Fal- Falcons in this game because they just don't they don't feel like to me they're the team that starts one and five, one and six, two and eight. I think they're gonna figure this thing out and stay in the mix. And I don't like the Bucks at all. And Jameis Winston is a hard guy to root for right now. Um, uh, so this is going to inform my pick as well. But because I like the Falcons, because Matt Ryan has been on my fantasy team oh, for wow. two straight years now, um, and because the Falcons are going to stay in the NFC playoff picture, they're just not going to lose at home to the Bucks, And that's why I'm locking them up. Mm. So give me that W. Like Jameis Winston, he's going to eat the <laughs> – I'm going to eat the lock. It's a troublesome pick for you. <laughs> Why? You were just saying how I, bad the Bucks are. And I think the Bucks are the better team right now. Really? Wow. We shall see. If the game was in Tampa, Wes, I would not be locking that up. But I, I, mean, I think they're going to be okay. This is The Bucks' defense is the cure to anyone else's offense. You play the Bucks' defense, and everyone after they play the Bucks, you're like, wow, this, this, maybe the Bears are getting their season together. They're, they're terrible. I'm not trying to go down to the lab, but, Dan, answer this question. If yes. Brian Fitzpatrick was quarterbacking the Bucks right now, would you lock up the Falcons? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. I think this has got like 42 to 34 written all over it. Oh, I agree with that. So I think I, I think the Falcons are going to – because they need it so bad, the, the desperate desperate uh, teams sometimes can uh, step up in a moment. You know, so I think what, what happens here? You don't trust Dirk Cotter's, you know, excellent bye week uh, adjustments? <laughs> Come on. Mike Smith going to get fired after this game. That's, that's another uh, lock it up. Hmm. Uh, moving on. <clears throat> Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Speaking of my Falcons, I just locked up a team that got four, beat 41-17 last week <laughs> by the uh, Steelers. Uh, but that's in the past. Now the Steelers head to Cincinnati to face the 4-1 and Bengals, who, of course, wiped out a 17-zip deficit to the Dolphins uh, and reeled off 27 point, straight points. Uh, here's the question, Greg. Are the Steelers back on track after that very uh, dominant win over the Falcons? They're headed in the right direction, and you, they certainly should feel good that – especially the Roethlisberger-Antonio Brown connection was working. I don't think it was, despite the score, that it was similar to a lot of Big Ben games this year where I think he sprinkled in some some surprisingly bad decisions and throws uh, in with his excellent ones. I do feel better about them defensively, and it's because of Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton, they get him back last week, and it really improved a cornerback group and a secondary that's been their biggest weakness. And he's a good player. He's in his second year. He can cover the slot. Uh, that should be a big matchup in this game where Tyler Boyd's been awesome. So I think defensively they should be feel better. This is a huge game. I mean, if they lose this game, they are in deep trouble in the AFC North. Yeah, two things make me feel better about the Steelers. The, the pass rush was swarming last week against the Falcons. That was an impressive front seven. Uh, and, and Big Ben came out and made an adjustment. He's been playing through an elbow injury, which probably explains why he's missing more throws than just about any quarterback in the NFL. And halfway through last week's game, he decided to throw from a different angle and damn the pain and started – he was on mm. fire. So I, I think that's a that's an encouraging sign that he, he has said he's making that adjustment, he's going to play through the pain and not – alter his arm angle anymore no one's healthy you know at this point in the season it's yeah. like it's like dan he's adjusting his voice i you know the the way you did that lock was kind of like he had to do it at a different angle kind of like you going like sidearm <laughs> just taking it down an octave losing the falsetto so you're doing what big ben was doing two weeks ago. essentially we're both warriors yeah but that's where that's where the uh comparisons end <laughs> okay that's fair i'll leave it at that this game i mean it feels like every time these two teams play you never know like, how is Vontez Perfect going to screw up? How Who's going to get knocked out of the game? Is Big Ben going to be out in the, in are the you first saying, quarter? Are you saying, Wes, when these two teams get together, throw out the record books? <laughs> yes. Is that what you're saying? It well, is. You can throw out the record books, but the Steelers are still going to win. I, I know. I, I, for no logical reason, just assume that the Steelers are going to show up for this game because it's strange to imagine a world where the Bengals are 5-1 and one and really in control over Pittsburgh in this division. But I'm hoping that that's the world we're living in. Yeah, I'm not trying to be flippant that the Steelers are definitely going to win this game. But, I mean, historically, throughout the records, and then it'll be a tight game, and the Steelers will go home the winning team. This is a big game. This State is like a, war- this is a warm-up for West of us. He loves watching the Steelers beat the Bengals. Wes, think uh, about it, though. Very little makes me happier. It puts a pep in my step. <laughs> I go around corners. you got like to request Inspector it. you got to cover this on Sunday. Think about it, Wes. Oh, I'm covering it. <laughs> Think about it, Wes. Sunday morning, 8 a.m. East Cincinnati. People waking up. They're pulling up, pulling their Carson Palmer jerseys over their bods. The Chad Johnson jerseys. <laughs> Chris the Henry. Siasons, the Chris Henrys, if they have those. And they're getting their tailgate together. And this, it's a beautiful day. In the, throwing cornhole. In Ohio. And, they, and they're throwing corn. And they got the coolers. And they got Drinking the Drinking their Hudy Delights. And everybody's in great spirits. Little skyline, yeah. Eating their those those are good skyline, people, right, Wes? Skyline dip, yeah. For, for yeah, appetite. Yeah, those, those are good people. Yes, right, Wes? those are your people, right? Yes, absolutely. Don't you want to see those people happy at the end of? Something? Why do you? Yeah, I think they have more meaning in their lives than no, just no, their no. favorite football team. I think they are anchored do, by Wes? something. Why do you more hate meaningful. your family, Wes? 
My family is smart enough not to root for the Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals are an escape for your people. Yes. Let them escape to happiness. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what. Stop <laughs> throwing beer cans on the other team's quarterback when he's being carted off the field, and then you, you, can, be, you can be happy. All right. Thought I had him there, Greg. I know. I that you touched me. I'm rooting for <laughs> it. This fan base has behaved abhorrently in Steelers. Oh, come ma- on. In Steelers matched up. Come on, all fan bases. I'm Jack the Ripper. All fan bases have their Jack the Ripper moments. Moving on, the Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh, whoop de doo. Three and two. <laughs> Back-to-back wins over. Ooh, the 49ers. Oh, the Raiders. Who else did they beat? Ooh, the Bills. <laughs> Kidding me? Uh, Ten-point losses to the Chiefs and Rams. And now they go to Cleveland. Now, this is a good matchup, Greg, because I learned nothing about the Chargers in the first five weeks. They could beat bad teams, and they get beat by good teams. Here's a team that's kind of right in the middle. Mm. They're a team that's maybe on the verge of being a good team, but I'm not, will, I'm not ready to kind of push them there for good. Uh, go beat the Browns on the road. It's, Don't do it if you're a good team, Chargers. It's a tough matchup. Uh, Wes was talking about on Wednesday's podcast that Cleveland – is now a tough place to go and score points against this Greg Williams defense, which is very multiple, which is tough to prepare for. They confused Drew Brees, so you can't say that, you know, Philip Rivers, he'll figure it all out. Uh, they ran some things against Drew Brees in New Orleans that, that I mean, Greg Williams cooked did. him up. Greg Williams did. Triple G. Uh, Maybe we should start giving Greg Williams a little bit of love because we've been killing that guy on this show for a couple of years. I don't give awful human beings <laughs> much love. But you said you haven't learned anything. I've learned some things about the Chargers. What Number one, Mike Williams is a baller, and he adds something to that offense. That The offense still revolves around the running backs, but Anthony Lynn has seen the light. And we talked about this a little bit late last season, but I, I saw it in the Raiders game, 26-10, five minutes left. First down, the Raiders had just scored a touchdown, and Phillip Rivers throws on first down to the outside. And it's not it's not that big of a deal in theory, but you could even hear it in Greg Gumble's voice. He was like, and Phillip Rivers, oh, he's dropping back to pass on first down. And it's like, good all right. <laughs> it's a good gumble. What can I say? It's a good gumble. <laughs> it's like, all right, Anthony Lynn knows that you got to be aggressive, and it, it's safer to be aggressive in today's NFL when you have Phillip Rivers, and they're an aggressive offensive team. I love coaching epiphanies. That's awesome. <laughs> but this – the Brown, the Chargers are coming in feeling all high and mighty. They beat the Raiders just Ooh, like the Ravens. Just like the Ravens were feeling all high and mighty, beating the Steelers. And then you go into Cleveland, and Dan, I'm telling you, the chances of them, there is a chance above 0.5 percent that they go undefeated at home this year. <laughs> they have not lost at home. They are extremely tough to beat in that building. Come on, man. Well, are you hey, saying the, what I think you're saying? The odds are above 0.5 percent that they go undefeated at home. Well, well, I'm going to look at their schedule. They got the Chiefs in week nine. That's going to be a tough one. The Falcons, the Panthers, and the Bengals. Well, I, I just, didn't say it was going to be easy. I'm not saying the odds are great. I'm just saying it, when, when you're undefeated, there are odds that so say you can stay undefeated. So you're doing, obviously, you're going to, you know. I thought you were, yeah, your octave I mean, was raising here that how much you well, enjoyed come this on. round. I know you're 5-0. No, I got another one queued up. All right. I'm telling you, you just said they're going to run the table. Come on. You're going to take care of the Chargers in your own building? I'm not going to lock against the Chargers. They're too good. Wow. I respect their offense too much. What do we think of Baker Mayfield, by the way? I love him. I love him. Those those seam throws and the two-minute drill going into into halftime last week and then the ability to make plays, the confidence that he instills in his teammates, keep the play alive like he did in overtime on that drive. I, I just love watching I don't think play. it's I don't think it's too early to say. I, I'll be surprised if he's anything less than a star. an above-average quarterback. And I'd be surprised if he's not a star. 
He he just his decisiveness mentally that he's going through the reads and he's quick with his decisions. He's getting people involved. He just looks like an NFL quarterback and he's so accurate. If you were a Browns fan and I said you could sign off on Baker Mayfield being Jeff Garcia, would you take it? No. 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 Okay. Cuz I think I think I'd be at the, if, I was, the dice. if I was I'm a, giving you Jeff Garcia. Not, not good enough. I know. Nice if career. I'm if I'm a Browns fan, I'm I'm thinking this is going to be a top five, top seven. Not Browns, Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia was not the number one overall Garcia. draft pick. I mean, this guy. I don't. I want. Know. There's more. nothing okay. I don't like about him. I want more. Moving on, the Buffalo Bills. Um, everyone wants uh, expects the Bills to lose every week, but here we are entering week six. They're two and three after uh, knocking off the Titans. Uh, by a point, they now travel to Houston to face the Texans, who just got by the Cowboys at home on Sunday Night Football. Whew, that game. That was a rough one. Um, and, uh, and now we have uh, a Texans team with a chance to get back to 500. Chris Wessling, they're going to do it, right? Yes. Yes, I feel very good about this one. I could not look myself in the mirror and take the Texans. Um, I rewatched that game against the Cowboys. As a lock. And I agree with Jerry Jones that the better team won. The Texans were the better team. They botched yep. some opportunities in the red zone. They missed a field goal. Um, I, I feel like the Texans were clearly the better team in that game. Their defensive front seven is coming together. Clowney's coming off his best game. J.J. Watt is playing like old J.J. Watt. And their offense is moving the ball through the air. Maybe if Lamar Miller's healthy, that that would help them move it on the ground as well. I mean, if you lose to the Bills and t- right now, that's on you. They ran the ball 43 times last week and passed it 20. LaShawn McCoy did look great, so that's a positive. I think he really ran well, and so they have something on offense. But Josh Allen is lost. I think anyone that was rooting against Josh Allen and was just saying there's no chance he'll be ready, that he needs time, like they've, they're, they're being proven right right now. They could not be a worse passing attack. They could not be more basic. And he just goes to his first read. And a lot of times when he throws the ball, there are multiple receivers on the play who look back at him and are like raising their hands. That's a bad sign. They're like, Hey, what's, what's that? What's going on? This is is the case. And you know, you don't have to second guess this one because a lot of people thought it that when the bills took him, it was like, Hey, this guy has all the tools, the size, the arm and all that. He just needs some time. And they're putting him in a terrible spot. And what they did, they set themselves up to make him play. And he's lasting completion percentage yards per attempt. Touchdown interception ratio, passer rating. He's completely uh, a train wreck. Well, and they signed Derek Anderson this week, and it sounded like they were billing it as a mentor situation, somebody to bounce ideas off of. But it also seems to me like, hey, if this guy doesn't pull out of a tailspin, throw somebody with experience to, to you know absorb a few games of losses while we figure things out. Give me a break, Good Bill's plan. management. The, all the criticism they took over how they handled this is warranted because they're just – the whole thing has just been mismanaged. J.J. Watt and T.J. Watt, along with Geno Atkins, lead the league with six sacks. That's fun. They're having a sack off. That's a fun thing for their family. Oh, of course. Hey, boys. How do you think the quality of life is Good in job. the Watt family? I think it's a lot Pretty better high. for J.J. than it was the last couple of years. I mean, he – I'm happy to as a fan and just to watch him every week at this level is great because he had to be miserable the last two I, years. I mean that in a very positive way. That like, Yeah. This guy raised forty million dollars for the city of Houston too. Like he's got to be feeling great about himself. He's good. He's he's a good. He's doing dude. what he loves. And uh, if you remember on Hard Knocks, he has a log cabin that oh, yeah. like is kind of like a bro paradise. And I think he's a, like one of the ultimate bros. So he's broing out. 
But but back then though he was sort of lost and really looking for female companionship and now he's got, you know, I don't know if he's engaged but you know he's been dating that pro soccer player love. for a long time. He found love. I mean, I'm just saying it's all coming together for Justin James. Good for him. All right. And what about that clothing line? Let's not, you know, let's not talk about the clothing line. Let's move on. Quality wear. The Chicago Bears First place in the NFC North, and why not? Because they are the team of around the NFL. Three-game winning streak. They embarrassed the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, going into their bye with a 38-point win. Now they travel to Miami to face the Dolphins. And, uh, uh, Greg, the Dolphins, let's be honest, anybody that doubted the Dolphins, <laughs> they're feeling pretty good about themselves right now because the last two weeks have not been pretty. Are you talking about yourself? I mean, uh, I'm not alone, but no. yes, I'm amongst that group. Yeah, you totally <laughs> discounted their first three weeks, and you were right uh, to this point. And this is the wrong matchup for Ryan Tannehill to end a skid. Yeah, it is. I mean, they are. here's a great uh, – I like when stats match up with what you see. They've had 31 chances at third and seven or long – this season, they've converted four of those. They are the the worst team to watch on third and long because Ryan Tannehill throws it two yards every single time, and you just can't you can't play like that. And you're going to have situations like that against the Bears, who are just as complete a defense. I don't know if they're the best defense or not, but I think they're the most complete. That you are going to have to really earn every yard, every drive. They're not going to make mental mistakes. Last week's loss was on the offensive line depth for the for the Dolphins, and this has been an issue since we've started this podcast. The Dolphins cannot ever find good guard play. They it, It's hard to find any kind of consistency at tackle. Laramie Tunzel goes out with a concussion, and it's a jailbreak situation. The Bengals' defensive line takes over for 20 minutes game over after Dolphins had controlled that game. And if they can't figure out their offensive line against the Bears, come on. Mm. Two things. I, Two things I'm excited about for this game, both on the uh, Bears side, because there's nothing I could possibly get excited about about the Miami Dolphins. But Kenyon Drake, he's fun. Uh, sure. Um, Play him. Number one, uh, Mitch Trubisky. I'm really uh, interested to see how he follows up the six-touchdown game. Of course, he's not going to throw six more touchdowns, but can he string together um, multiple games where he looks like what he was, which is a what a number two overall pick uh, two years ago. I'm, I'm I'm very interested to see how he how he looks against a good Miami defense. And number two, Tariq Cohen, who was um, a total badass when finally given the opportunity to have a real role in the game plan. Uh, I think he had what 175 plus total yards, a touchdown. Where does uh, where does the offense? Where does Matt Nagy and that offense uh, settle in with Cohen and Jordan Howard? Is he now? Mm-hmm. Is Cohen a, a permanent fixture in this offense, or was that more a blip? I'm interested to see, and I'm sure many fantasy owners are as well. I think Nagy spoke be. on that. Nagy spoke on that and said Jordan Howard um, still has a role. He's he's not frustrated. Um, he's still going to be. That was just basically a one game thing for Tariq Cohen. Is how Nagy I, he needs it. to be a big part of it. I mean, I agree. Keep Howard involved, but but Nagy's feeling him. Feeling himself, as he should be. I mean, when you're running multiple plays where you put Chase Daniel and Trubisky on the field together just to be kind of like a big uh, – I mean, if I'm the oppo- if I'm Mike Smith in that last game and I'm seeing they're trotting out Chase Daniel for trick plays, you gotta, you got to feel you gotta feel a little low. Why would That's it, tough. Why would Cohen be a one-game thing if <laughs> he blows up and it's the one game where Trubisky looks like a guy that you can really build the offense around? Wouldn't you want to yes. build off that? Yeah, yeah I, I said before that game they need to get Tariq Cohen more involved. But I don't. he's not like a 20-touch guy every no. week. Mm. No. Okay, moving on. The Oh, 
Did you have something, Erica? Um, yeah. I mean, just talking with Mark. Um, he said like that the dolphins. Wait, you were talking about Mark? Yeah. You gotta play his music when you talk about Mark. Oh right. Okay, hold on. So. <laughs> I was just, you know, chatting with Mark earlier, and he said there's a good chance the Dolphins are going to beat the three and one Bears. Really? Not to prove that the Dolphins aren't the real deal, but to prove that the Trubisky six touchdown was a fluke. They're at home, and if we're looking at quarterback hotness, Tannehill is greater than Trubisky. So Mark, I take that as I a guess. personal shot at me. Is gonna lock up the Dolphins at home. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Now, is this coming from Mark or is this coming from you? Uh, text from Mark. I, yeah, okay. I, don't, I disagree, maybe, but I don't know. I believe that's the first time anyone on the show has ever locked up the Dolphins. They were the last remaining team to be locked <laughs> up. <laughs> really? Someone said. Wow, Mark. Someone said that on a previous podcast not too well, long. Well, no longer is that the case. I mean, shots fired against Trubisky looks. Yeah, and Wes has some uh, similarities uh, facially to Trubisky, so read between the I lines there. I don't think there. so, Wes. My, I don't think so. My age, either. like 17, 18 pictures look almost dead on Mitch Trubisky. But, uh, Wes's age 17 season. But Tannehill's like, you know, a, a piece of Wonder Bread. And it's not, it's not well, getting people excited. That guy look, yeah, it's like a cardboard cutout. When did the hair go, Wes? I told you, I could still grow it, but I got too lazy to leave Tybee Island age to 20. go to a barbershop. So. What was it, like age 28 season that it started? No, my, I would say I was starting to go about 420 in the power alleys when I was in my mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean by the temples it started going? Yeah, like the bit? power alleys just started getting yeah. deeper and deeper. Yeah, you say you can grow it, but you can kind no, of I can't see grow where it, it now. comes in. Oh, okay. Dan has yeah. goaded me on a few times just right. to, as for experiment's sake, and it wasn't pretty. For all you guys that are follically challenged, this, this is – you know, I I feel for you guys, and <laughs> I will say that if you wanna, if you're gonna go bald, if you if you're gonna go bald, it really pro- means a lot to them. You probably want to go in the power alleys more than the the crop circle in the back. Yes, I but agree with that. Either way, there it's not a death sentence. As Wes, is, you know, we see with Wes who who found a beautiful uh, princess in Lakeisha. Yes, thank you. You can you could be you can find love as a bald man. Yeah, you wear it well. I I wouldn't want to see you with hair. You you look. Huh. Natural, okay. natural, like this. no hair pieces. Well, I made a deal with myself when I was young because my my dad's bald. That it, I was never going with the comb. Like as soon as it started, yeah. The worst, the, the worst, comb over's out. You can't do that. Yeah, the worst is is fighting it too long. LeBron's done it, and he's probably got some fake stuff mm. in there now. But he's been fighting. You know, he's also don't go the Urlacher route. You don't want to do that. Uh, well, you can't go bald then all of a sudden have hair again. Yeah. Like well, what if you, you do, it's got to come back glory, or or, or, or you, it wasn't worth it. You can do it as if you're paid like an insane amount of money, like Deion Sanders and Erlacher are. I assume for whatever they're doing. Mm. Uh, okay, the Cardinals are one and four. They finally got a win last week against uh, C.J. Beathard and uh, the 49ers. By the way, it's funny Mark locked up against the team of ATL with like with a bad team. So I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Mark had nothing to do with it. He just let Erica pick a team. That's and not pick- true. No, that sounded the reasoning sounded very yeah, Mark sounded- is not a Trubisky fan. He's not. Huh. And it, it you know it irritated him. It got on his radar when people were celebrating Trubisky for, for beating the Buccaneers. So that's not your pick? Um he said you can pick anyone you want. Great. I am fine if we lose but pick someone sexy. Well, but so he, he gave I took you it literally and took Amandola. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, there you go. See? Oh, so he, that wasn't it's a text bad. from him? Well, we talked about it. Hmm. Okay. The Cardinals, 1-4. They now travel to Minnesota to face uh, the Vikings, who got a much-needed 
uh, victory in Philadelphia. A really important win for that team, uh, Wes. Uh, so Ken Kirk Cousins and those uh, star wide receivers uh, keep on keeping on against the Cards. <laughs> I think this is a this is a tough matchup. Um, the the Cardinals defense what? is playing pretty well. Chandler Jones playing like an animal again. Uh, Patrick Peterson playing as well as he ever has at cornerback. I, I just think this is a tougher matchup. That The Vikings offensive line has allowed by far the most pressures in the NFL. I think the Vikings are going to win because Cousins, uh, Stephon Diggs, and Adam Thielen are too good to stop. But it, yeah, I think it's, it's a tough matchup. It's a tougher matchup than people realize when the Vikings have the ball. But the, right. pro- the problem is the Cardinals get to have the ball too. And Josh Rosen's actually impressed me of his willingness to, t- to make tough throws and his ability to be accurate. But they are fighting uphill. They are not a good offense, and they're on the road. And Yeah, I, I just meant on that one side of the ball, it was a tougher matchup than people think. But I think the Vikings' defense against the Cardinals' offense, that's clearly a, a mismatch. It's interesting because you mentioned Peter Patrick Peterson. He – the Cardinals staff took a lot of credit. I mean, a lot of criticism I saw on the Twitterverse of like, oh, they're, you know, what is this Cardinals staff? They don't know what they're doing. You know, that Patrick Peterson's no longer trailing number one receivers, not doing as much man as, as before. And like, the, these guys don't know what they're talking about. And he's playing better than he's ever played. He's, yeah, he's playing awesome. I'm not PFF. I'm not like grading every cornerback on every play, but he's number one on my list this year. That's, that's the only list that matters. Who needs PFF? Did you say Twitterverse? That's a thing. I know. I just didn't <laughs> think you used it. I don't I don't know if I have before. <laughs> uh the Indianapolis Colts are one and four. And uh they're on a three game losing streak and uh they could not keep pace with the the Patriots on Thursday night. And now they travel to the Meadowlands to face my beloved New York Jets, uh, who finally got their season going back in the right direction against the Broncos with a um a total effort on offense. Uh, getting 300 rushing yards as a team. Sam Darnold threw three touchdowns. So now, Greg, the question is, can the Jets build off that win? Or are the Colts in, uh, what do we call it, when when the team is really desperate? We <laughs> Higher have... straight? No, we had a, a term we were using last year. Remember? A wounded animal game. Mm-hmm. Mm. A one and four wounded animal. Game. I mean, they're a little too wounded, though. You know, they. The, the, it's a dead animal game, right? The steel trap closed <laughs> down awesome on them, game. and like someone <laughs> let them out, but they're just kind of like dragging, you know, broken legs on the side of the highway. They so got, they're a bad team. I don't think they're that bad, but they're hurt. I'm talking about a raccoon, you know. Put them down, Sam some, Darnold. Yeah, right. Put One to down. the back of the head. I think. I wanted to get the exact number, but I think they were still down nine starters uh, on Wednesday's practice. Par for the course. So they they've just they're just hurt. I think that they'll play tough, and I don't know what the Colts, the Jets are as a team in general. They're a very tough team to figure out week to week. But one thing they do well, and especially last week with Todd Bowles calling the plays, they do a good job generating pressure of confusing the opposition with different blitzes and ways to get at the quarterback without necessarily being one-on-one. And that, that sounds like a good recipe against the Colts, who, who are struggling up front. Their roster is like a tag team battle royale right now. It's like the September guys go out of the training room and, and tag in the October guys. Costanzo and, and Marlon Mack expect to be back this week. That's a positive. Those, those guys matter. Eric Ebron's not practicing with four different injuries. <laughs> what? Four? He's like, listed with four different injuries. That, that's why Roto World listed as, as 
parentheses entire body. I was like, what does that mean? But I guess that's why. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, these and Ebron's been their red zone guy. Like that's Andrew Luck's go-to guy whenever they need a touchdown. Shin, quad, ankle, knee. Maybe Eric Ebron needs to retire. Entire leg. He's got like one of those body casts. I I do think if you're a Jets fan though, you have to be worried. Andrew Luck looks better every week. Uh, can the like the Colts actually sustain offense? Can the can either of these teams? The Jets are kind of a, a feast or famine offense. Can can they keep the Isaiah ball going? Crowell not practicing this week after Crowell. the best game of his career? Right, and there's more issues for the Jets because uh, two weeks ago, I remember uh, all those shallow crosses that Blake Bortles was completing with ease against the Jets. So it's not. I'm not ready to say that we have a new uh, no-fly zone at the Meadowlands. Plus, Tremaine Johnson is going to miss another game. And so far, that's been a bust signing, by the way. He wasn't playing yeah. well before he got hurt. And Buster Screen has another mm. concussion. Uh, so there's a good chance they'll be down two of their top three corners. Uh, so Yikes. I think this is setting up uh, to be a situation where the Colts are going to score points. And then I have to wonder if the Jets can keep pace if Andrew Luck is having a good game, and I'm not feeling great about it. So I think this is a tough game for the Jets uh, because they're simply not good enough uh, to really uh, be a heavy favorite against anyone. So no. I thought about it would be fun to lock up the Jets, but anytime I do that, it blows up. So I stayed away from it, and then the more I look at the game, the more I think the Jets could be in trouble. And, yeah, the, the Colts did get two defensive starters back on Thursday. Clayton Gathers, their safety, who's, who's very good, and Darius Leonard. So those are – Two good players, and the, the Colts need to figure out a way to not have Andrew Luck throw the ball 60 times. He is on pace. It's funny, coming off that shoulder injury, to set the all-time record in attempts in the NFL, and he's, he's leading the league right now. We are on to London. Is it already almost a month and a half since the Around the NFL podcast touched down on British soil? It is. And what a time we had. Wes, was it the time of our lives? Absolutely. It sure was. Greg? No did doubt. Did you love it? I, had, I think it was the best week of work I ever had. I would there's second no, that. There's no question. What was that great chicken joint on our block? Nando's. Oh, Mando's. Nando's. Nando's? <laughs> Nando's. 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 Nando's chicken. That's. I mean, that wasn't at the top of my memories, <laughs> but I loved it. It was good. Nando's chicken. That wrap. Not on. With the crisps. Anyway, um, <laughs> love London. I wish everyone could have seen Dan's face right now. <laughs> Suddenly he, like, came to and he just was like, wait, I'm not in Nando's right now. I went to Nando's like four times and I would just <laughs> sit by myself and be like, yep, this is culture. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks travel. Uh, this was the game we were supposed to go to, by the way. It initially. was. Remember that? Yes, it was. These games are all going to be played. There's going to be three games over three weeks. Played at Wembley Stadium. Um, first game, Seattle Seahawks uh, at 2-3, and three, coming off that uh, narrow loss to the Rams. That would have been such a big win for uh, the Seahawks. They couldn't close it out, though. Now they travel uh, to London to face the Raiders, uh, who stink. Let's face it, they're 1-4. and four. They just got outclassed by the Chargers. Uh, Wes, uh, is this a game uh, that you think the Seahawks are going to cruise through? Probably not, right? They can't do that against anybody. I don't think the Seahawks cruise, and the Raiders usually lose after hanging tough. So I, I would not say that. I do like what Seattle's doing. It's weird. I believe they've they've only passed on about 43% of their downs the past few weeks. They are the run-heaviest team in the league right now with Chris Carson and Mike Davis. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that against the Raiders' defense that I think is weaker against the pass than the run. Hmm. And it is strange in 
2018 where like third and two is a running down for the Seahawks or third and three. There's just not many teams doing that. And Chris Carson, he runs as hard as anyone in the league. I mean, he's a, a worthy, if he could ever stick around, uh, successor to the lineage of Marshawn Lynch. And this is the first time we're getting Marshawn Lynch against the Seahawks. And Thomas Rawls. What? What about Thomas? I mean, nobody ran harder than Thomas Rawls for That's like true. six months. Thomas I, Rawls was one of the great fantasy pickups for about three <laughs> weeks until he broke his leg. The, the Seahawks, I like, I kind of am smelling the Seahawks being a potential playoff team. I think they have some things coming together. Their offensive line saying this is offensive line is not bad. They're running the ball. They're blowing up holes. They're protecting Russell Wilson a little better than before. And I like when fans really complain about one thing as if they know better than the coaching staff. And then they, they prove, do. And then they prove to be right. That's like the entire Packers fan base. Right. But they proved to be right. All they, Everyone was complaining. All the Seahawks fans, 12s. How come we don't do any play action passing? How come we don't, you know, it's insane how little play action. So they, they roll out last week. They do a bunch of play action passing. And you know what? It worked like gangbusters. It wasn't, there like a, a offense. wasn't there a, a football league that was going to have the fans call the plays? <laughs> XFL? No, I believe there was one. The XFL. Aren't they bringing that back? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. That was my Vince McMahon, by the way. <laughs> that was good. The XFL. That's up there with Greg's Gumble. <laughs> Nobody touches <laughs> Greg's Gumble. Uh, any other thoughts about this game, gentlemen? Mm. The Raiders' tackles are bad. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Derek Carr is playing so poorly. It's a tough matchup. Two rookie tackles. Uh, who gets any, either of these coaches get left alone? I love the Seahawks. If I had really thought about it, I would have locked this game up. But oh well. You know, a coach sometimes gets left in London. Too late. Uh, no. I mean, it's a little early. For Imagine the Gruden. Raiders fired John Gruden in London. I think it's well. They they were one of the teams story. that left a, a coach <clears throat> in London. It was Dennis Allen, right? Yeah, the Dolphins did it as well. It's like the bizarro move. Gruden just leaves his whole team in London. <laughs> right. I think he calls up Monday Night Football. He said he says like. This Witten's a joke. Is that this? <laughs> That's your Gruden? Oh. I don't even know. I don't remember. I was oh. like, I had to think, too close to I had the to think, exactly. I had to think, uh, Kid Icarus over here. It's like, heat check. <laughs> this Witten, not to, I don't even remember. <laughs> oh God, you're still doing it? <laughs> Did you just turn Gruden New York? I was like, what What does John Gruden sound like? You gotta, it's kind of just intensity. I tell you, man. It's intensity, yeah. It's like, I love this game. I'm glad I brought you into the mix. Made me look better. <laughs> uh, the Carolina Panthers are three and one, and uh, and they they look good. They feel good. Everyone's <laughs> excited about the Panthers. Uh, most of all, Greg Rosenthal. This Cam Newton, he will mm. take you down. Sounds like John Gruden's accountant. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> travels to uh, Washington. Uh, Landover, to be exact, to face the Redskins, who are coming off. I mean, if you want to pick a most pitiful team of uh, Week Five, it might be the Redskins. Didn't even look competitive against the Saints. So, Greg, uh, this all <clears throat> sets up for another Panthers victory, but maybe the Redskins just had a bad week last week, and we shouldn't get too worked up. I, I think the Redskins are going to be in the mix all year, and th- these are two teams that tend to pl- that almost try to play close games because they want to run the ball. And I think the, the Panthers fans have to be excited because the team should get better. The fact that Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore were working more into the mix last week makes me excited to watch this Panthers offense moving forward. This is a fun team to watch right now. And I love how the roster's set up. They have more than any team in the league. I believe they have six starters age 33 or older now that Greg Olson is practicing fully again. Hmm. And they have five regulars age 22 or younger. But the bulk of the team is like Luke Keekley, Cam Newton right in the prime. They are like a really well-balanced team, and they're fun to watch. I loved watching that Giants game. North Turner's been pretty creative. I I do like watching them. And Cam, 
I like that they haven't gone away from his running value at all. It's it's kind of an obvious point to make, but in games like last week, when he's running over guys on third on yeah. third and three, and and had a couple other runs he had, he had he had so much value as a runner. It just I don't think it can be overstated what a difference that he makes doing that. All right, Cam Newton completion percentage check, Wes. <laughs> it had to go down. He didn't play well last week. We are now through four games, so quarter of the season for him. 65.1%. Mm. Excuse me, 65.4%. I mean, that's by far his career high, oh, so God, that's, yeah. a, that's a moral victory. He entered, yeah, he's, he's below 50, 59% for his career entering this year. This is the Josh Norman revenge game? Oh, good point. They'll want to they'll expose that. He... The J- Jay Gruden, I think, trying to help out his guy was saying Norman's been fighting through a heel injury, which makes it difficult for even for him to even put a shoe on this year. Whatever. Seems like a problem if you're trying to play high level. Try sitting football. in this chair and doing a podcast today, <laughs> sweating like a. M- <laughs> I mean, you sweat a lot even when you're healthy. I know, but this is like, <laughs> it's like I'm running like a, a a mile or something on the track, and then sitting down in the studio. I, I might just – this might be the day I die, and this is how I'm going to go. I thought you were going to say, like, you you might leave right now. <laughs> the two of us <laughs> finish out the podcast. I'm not going to do what you think I'm going to do. <clears throat> All right, moving on, the Los Angeles Rams are 5-0, and the only undefeated team in the NFC. They look to keep that streak going against the Denver Broncos, who are a long way off from 2-0 and now. They've lost three straight games, uh, including an ugly effort in Jersey last week. Uh, Wes, uh, we know the Rams are one of the best, if not the best team in the NFL. Where are the Broncos right now? They are tailspin central, spinning out of control. And I know they do play much better at home. On the road under Vance Joseph, they have some of the biggest apocalypses. Like one game, like they did last week, but but at home, you saw that what effort they, was embarrassing on defense. You saw what they did against the Chiefs at home. That was a game. The Chiefs had had to come back to win, and yet I still can't pick against the Rams because I respect their coaching staff so much. I just don't see like Sean McVay having a letdown, and he ex- he's optimistic about Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks playing this week. So we'll see on that one. But so far, it looks like it's it's got a good chance to happen. McVay's amazing. Just how he can adjust in game that you lose. Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks in the game. You've run pretty much the same personnel package all year, but then you adjust on the fly, start putting two tight ends in, transfer to the running game, let Todd Gurley finish it out for you. And, oh, by the way, Josh Reynolds, who comes in at wide receiver, you just have a Josh Reynolds drive. Like, this guy's barely yeah. played all season, and then you have a drive where it's three straight plays, all the Josh Reynolds, one of them being a running play for 50 yards, and it's like he steps in, and it, it almost didn't – it felt for a second like it didn't matter they lost those two wide receivers. It's crazy. I I know it's early, but I'd be so surprised if the Rams aren't the NFC representative. Hmm. I, I think they're that good. I think they're one of the most balanced teams we've seen in a long time. And not just balanced, like a steady balance of a team. No, they have great defense, great offense, special teams, everything. Uh, this team looks great to me. I, I think this, this team's going to cruise. I'll be surprised if they don't have home field advantage. Then, But then you got to get back to me in January and see. It's, it's a different thing trying to win a, a two-game tournament at home. It's not easy. They do have some weaknesses. I mean, they're giving up points. Marcus yeah. Peters is a problem right now. I don't know if he's healthy or not, but he's given up. His a, eyes are in the backfield too a much. A ton of big plays the last couple of weeks. Mark Barron just came off the 
you know, injured list for the first time about a year and a half. Did not had a terrible game a week ago. I don't know if it's just he's getting back up to speed. So they they've had some issues defensively. The biggest weakness on that team is a potential injury to Jared Goff because they don't have a backup quarterback. Mm. Uh, moving on, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, travel to Big D to face the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys now two and three. They need a W in the worst way. Uh, and now we have the Jaguars coming to town. And, uh, Greg, the uh, Jags could not keep up with the Chiefs last week, 30-14 to 14 loss. Uh, but Dallas feels like a good team for them to get right against. They do because, you know, defensively it's just hard for – you know, when the Jaguars are on defense, they're not forcing enough turnovers. Until last week, they did pick off Mahomes, but they're playing good team defense. It's just kind of hard to imagine the Cowboys. They're going to putting together good drives against Jacksonville because the Jaguars make you earn it. They make you work down the field slowly. They do not really give up big plays. The Cowboys have no ability to make big plays. It's just like, make a decision, Scott Linehan, on who your wide receivers are. You have five receivers last week who played between 23 and 37 snaps. So you basically have five, like, number three or four receivers. And I know that's what they are quality-wise, but it's like, make a decision. Who are your guys? They're- what, if, what he doesn't have any guys. Yeah. Just pick it. some though. Pick <laughs> some. Cole Beasley should be one of your guys. Let him. He's play giving a everybody more. a chance to show something, and nobody's flashing. He's in a tough spot. Talking about an offense. Make a decision. In which the <laughs> best big play threat is a tight end screen to Jeff Swain. Yikes! I mean, come on. This is a field goal offense in a touchdown league. And Tyron Smith got worked over pretty good last week. Grant, granted, he was going up against JJ Watt for the most part and Jadevin Clowney, but you don't. You're not used to seeing that. And he has another tough matchup this week. Uh, I do. Uh, I want to see how Blake Bortles does against a pretty good. Yeah, defense. I gotta. I gotta talk to you about your QB index. Yeah, I knew Ooh. you were gonna say that. You want to die on that hill? It's he not a hill. He, he said he wants to fight anyone who disagrees with these opinions, and one of them was Blake Bortles is playing better. I'm just saying. Okay, here's the opinion. He's better. He's not good. I said he's not even average. He's settled in, though, at a point where he's probably better than about 10 starters out there. He's definitely better on short passes. He has better touch than he did a couple years ago. He, he pushes he the ball down the field. five turnovers last week. He pushes the ball down the field. He has the right receivers for that. He's just not the albatross cipher that he used to be. He's just kind of like a, a not very helpful quarterback. Well, more accurately, he's the albatross cipher some weeks, and you got to guess which weeks are going to be. Because you never know when they're going to happen. Right. And you have to win three or four games in January and February to win a Super Bowl. I think it's he never a, puts together that many games in a row. No. And I, and I think it's the, a wrong model that you're counting on a defense to win a Super Bowl. You need, you're going to need him to carry you at points. I'm not saying he's going to do that. I'm just saying if you look at every analytics, every metric, even the way I do QB index, he kind of settles in over the last year and now five games, somewhere between, depending on which ones you look at, roughly around 20 to 22 or three. I'm he's, just saying he's, he's kind not, of, you know what, though? He's, he's a poor man's Cam Newton. To Wes's very point. Though, destitute. He's kind of an index breaker. He's an index buster. Yes, because, because you don't know which one's going to show up. There's no one version of him. It's just yeah. a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Yeah, you, you think you're grading Blake Bortles, but you're really grading four different quarterbacks who, sh- who show <laughs> yeah. up at different times in different you places. You should put them bo- both of them on the list <laughs> and just put one at last. <laughs> it's it's not, a bad, not a bad idea. Um, by the way, the Cowboys. The bad games are less frequent, I feel like. They're about one every four or five now. Well, he's got three really bad, bad games out of five this year. This I is, don't count that. Uh, to Wes's point that this is a, uh, a field goal team in a touchdown league, the Cowboys are averaging 16.5 points a game in 2018 NFL. Marron. They totally 
totally have botched this whole. So what's the over under this week? Twelve. I mean, at best, they are not going to score more than fourteen points. I would think. Jeez. Ah, you know, it's a lot of Brett Merrif. Yeah, Another well, team I wish I locked up. This is advice, but you know, bang the under. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that kind of was. Look at that. I like that. <laughs> that seemed like advice. If you say, if you preface the sentence with "this isn't something," you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Moving on, the Baltimore Ravens are uh, three and two. Uh, got beat by the Browns. Get used to it. This game has me excited. New world. Uh, new world order. Really? Uh, for uh, the AFC North. And now the Ravens travel to Tennessee to face the Titans, who are licking their wounds after that grisly 13-12 setback against the Buffalo Bills West. Uh, it's a battle of two, uh, two of the top five defenses in the league. Uh, speaking of banging the under. Yeah, two two West teams here. These are two teams I've liked off and on for a while. Um Poor, poor Nick Williams, ostracized. What? What? How do you say? Whisked away to the to the woods, <laughs> the cornfields, the cornfields. Yeah. Dropped a touchdown last week and dropped another pass too, or fumbled or whatever. Anyway, cut this week. Just gone. They he gone. They really need a reliable guy off opposite Corey Davis. And I thought for a minute maybe they could sign Des Bryant, and then I saw a video of Des Bryant running. And what you were not convinced that what was wrong with the video was it like the animal Greg was referring to on the side of the road. He looked like a 37 year old tight end. OK, it's probably not going to get it done. Yeah, I don't think anybody's signing. Des. I mean, Des should be in this game as a member of the Ravens. It's insane to think back that he turned down three years for twenty four million dollars. That's that pride. all That's time, all time bad decision. Whew. And it worked out for the rate, although Michael Crabtree has not really been helping the Ravens that much, but ultimately he's he's going to be a better player. Yeah. I'm surprised you're so excited for this game, but I guess they are. Your Two teams I like to watch every week. Can Mario, Mario's got to win some games from the pocket. I think the Bills had a really good game plan against him. They took away. Can he? Yeah. They, they took away the running game, Mariota's running game last week. They did a good job kind of containing him and. Well, my didn't have enough. my question when I watch the Titans is why even bother acting like Marcus Mariota is a pocket quarterback? Okay, that's another way. I to think do you it. have to coach around. He's always better on the run, and I think he's better when plays break down. He like last week they did pretend that and he it didn't he work. has the potential to be the most effective running quarterback in the league outside of Cam Newton. When he's running, they are dangerous. The Ravens are a lot less fun to watch when bad Joe Flacco's back. By the way, and I know you give the Browns a lot of credit for um, his struggles last week, but. Flacco I didn't think Flacco was that bad. Really? No. I mean, missed throws. I didn't, I didn't like the way he played at all. Some drops. He, he's he been okay this year. This I is mean, a tough he's matchup. He's been downright good this year. Yeah. He's been a good quarterback. I agree. I mean, I, I, on balance, I think he's had a really good season. But, um, yeah, this is – who do you got in this game, Wes? Where is it, Tennessee? It's in Tennessee. I'm going Tennessee. I love the way they play at home. They have a different energy at home than they do on the road. Jayon Brown's been playing really well for them. Yes, he has. Uh, let's move on to Sunday night football. Almost impossibly, the NFL scheduling uh, people decide the Pats get two home games in a row in prime time. Uh, so the Chiefs <laughs> get on a plane. Totally happened many times. <laughs> at 5-0. and And wouldn't this game be better in, in uh, Kansas City? Come on. So you're saying that the NFL should change the home away formula for the entire league? I think for the Patriots in prime time, I'm being totally honest here. Most Patriots primetime games stink because the Patriots just wallop these teams. So put them on the road, you're going to get a better game. Well, they're not going to wallop the five and O Chiefs, don't you think? I don't think they will, but uh, that's beside the point. I just don't like them having back to back home games. I don't like the Patriots. Uh, sorry, Eric, it's not personal. 
It's okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we just woke Erica up. Yeah. A great, a great Sunday night matchup here, Greg. Uh, some people call it the QB of tomorrow against the QB of today. Mahomes, Brady. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that according to our research notes. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> it kind of it kind of works, though. I like it. If you ex- no, it works. If you extend the analogy a little further, I'm going to go big picture here. Okay. The Patriots were always that team that everyone kind of copied. That you that there was a oh what are they doing? They're ahead of the the league. Uh, whatever trend they kind of start the year doing, then a lot of teams follow. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are that team now. I mean, Tony Romo talked. Uh, this isn't an original idea. Tony Romo talked about it a lot during the Chiefs Jaguars telecast. Everyone's copying the Chiefs. Everyone looks at what the Chiefs did in the first couple weeks of the season, and they're just running the Chiefs plays. And the Chiefs are still rolling out some new ones. Uh, but that, to me, that's a testament to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and everything cool. Is there a higher compliment in the no, league? No, that's what I mean. It, it's amazing that, you know, everyone's copying the Chiefs. You know what? They're not copying their defense, though, because they're dead last no. in football. No. And that's problematic. They're a one-sided On the team. road against Tom Brady. Against an offense that got healthy last week and finally looked like, okay, we've got outside receiver in Josh Gordon. We've got a chain mover in Julian Edelman. We've got Gronk. We've got Sonny Michelle running between through big holes. This is an offense that's feeling itself right now. Hmm. Are we feeling better about Sonny Michelle after the last two weeks? I'll say this. He runs hard. He runs hard, but I'm not picking on him. He doesn't beat people to the edge. Watch Joe Mixon play. Watch Saquon Barkley play, and they're dead to rights in the backfield. Instead, they bounce that side, beat a guy to the edge. Sonny Michelle's not doing that. It doesn't mean he won't do that in the future. Maybe it's not his game. It, to use the Barkley comparison, though, I think one thing Michelle does that Barkley doesn't is he takes five and six yard gains. He he hits the hole right away. Sure, yeah. And that's and that's maybe what the Patriots as a Patriots. What fan, hole I'm did kinda, Barkley ever have? To hit? He he sometimes is looking for the big play, and I think he's talked about it too. It, I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just saying Michelle's taking what's there, and he doesn't waste any time. And they could they, that's kind of what they need. They have James White. Oh, and it, it's in the fi- passing game, it's fixed their running game. Whatever they're doing is working, and. To me, this is—I love this Patriots matchup against the Chiefs defense. I do too, but you know you got to play defense against Kansas City, and if the Patriots can't get much pass rush on Andrew Luck, which they couldn't, it's like what are they gonna do with Patrick Mahomes? They've been protecting Mahomes really well, and you're just worried that they're just gonna—they lost carve their, him up. They lost their best guard for the season. Oh, that's Laurent right, Duvernay Tardif. Oh yeah, Doctor Tardif. Doctor Tardif from McGill. My brother's alma mater. That's a that's a big loss for them. They've been playing really well, and he, he got a big long-term extension. No Justin Houston this week, it looks like. Some breaks. And you know who's been playing? We haven't mentioned uh, on the show at all. J- Jason McCourty and Stephon yes. Gilmore are a really good cornerback tandem, and it does get me thinking that the Patriots try a lot of these low-cost trades, and right now the sixth-round pick for McCourty and whatever they gave up for Josh Gordon are paying some serious dividends. They, uh, and then get excited, I, Danny. Then Things are looking up at right Foxborough. Finally, it was dark for a few weeks, but they're looking. Back. I was actually just thinking if Mahomes goes there on Sunday Night Football and lights him up, he's going to. It's going to be in the 30s. I- I'm hoping that. The I'm Chiefs hoping the Patriots are in the 0. 30s to match him. Think about this. Let's look at the worst case scenario. All right, so, uh, if the Chiefs go in there and win, they're they, the, they're going to get a bye. Six and it's 0. over. They get the a bye. Pats would be three and three, so they would have a three-game lead and the tiebreaker. Uh, it's over. And Jacksonville, as you know, also has a tiebreaker on the Pats. That streak of buys, which is at what, eight years now, will be in serious jeopardy if no they lose. No doubt. This game. So it's kind of a sneaky, huge game. Especially for the Chiefs, weirdly, because I think 
they'll have such a big edge for home field advantage and a buy over everyone in the AFC, not just the Patriots if they win this game. It's such a huge game. It's time to put it on the line. Putting wow. the perfect record on the line. Don't you do that every yeah. I'm locking up the Patriots. Oh. <laughs> that was a rare, rare lock where I didn't know which team he was going to lock up. Listen, you could look in the mirror on that, but uh, I thought you were going to go with the Chiefs. That was going to be a lot of fun. Every time I lock up the Patriots against an undefeated team, people ask why, how I could look in the mirror. Oh, please. Don't go back to that well. This I is, have no problem going back to that it, well. Don't you go back to that Chiefs well. The Chiefs and the Dolphins are two. Where were you at last week when Mark took the Panthers against the Giants at home and nobody says a word? But if I take Mark, against an undefeated team. That's a fair point. Oh, Mark good. had blood clots. <laughs> I had cancer. <laughs> <laughs> what did Mark do last week? I don't remember. What did he do? He locked up the Panthers at home against the one and three Giants. Yeah, that was a bad lock. But speak on it. Although, but nobody's – no, I'm not going to go there. Although if you're going to go with that in the desert, you, the Patriots at home against Dolphins were even bigger favorites than Carolina. Screw the desert. And quickly, I, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time in this game because it's a bummer. Monday night football, the 1-4 San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this was supposed to be Jimmy G versus Aaron Rodgers, but instead it's C.J. Beathard against Aaron Rodgers. So uh, Packers offense still trying to find its way. Uh, gets a, a layup. Uh, the Niners coming to Lambeau in prime time, right, Wes? Yeah, I could not look in the mirror on this one. This was the first no. game I wanted to take, and then I said, no, I just can't do it. The 49ers did not look good last week. I didn't think C.J. Beathard looked good. They're banged up. Uh, They're the, so banged up. The downgrade from Matt Breda to Raheem Mostert might be as Now we're just making up names. <laughs> Matt Breda was, is he was ex- playing well, downright he, explosive. He looks out this week. Breda's not coming back this week. Yeah, I and the Packers, I just think everybody needs to relax on them. Their fan base is rabid. Like, they have a bad game mm. where they out they out yardage the other team by over 250 yards and lose, and the Packers fan base is like, everything's broken, everything's broken, we got to fix There's it. There's a bit of a, uh, I wouldn't call it a national narrative, but the, the ringer, Robert Mays, wrote a piece about the Packers. I don't know if you boys read that. Uh, similar sentiments that the, the Packers are essentially wasting Another year of Aaron Yeah, welcome. I've been trying to get rid of McCarthy now for two years. I think it, he is a big part of the problem. We need to see It's It's Aaron a bit Rodgers of an upset that your influence hasn't extended to Green Bay. What? <laughs> that, that he still kept his oh, job even there. though you've been driving. All these he's NFL Network hits, Greg. You would think I'm just right saying now. that let's, let's build up the groundswell. Yeah. I'm done with it. Here, here, I have one hot take for you from this game. Is George Kittle – forget Travis Kelsey <laughs> – Dan, Dan was trying to fan himself and just slapped himself in the face with the research notes. That was I gotta get out of that here. was a moment. Uh, okay, we'll get out of here after I say after I ask the question. This better be trenching. Is George Kittle the best run after catch tight end? In no, the- even bigger. Is George Kittle the best tight end in the NFL? Oh, no. Bra- I love George Kittle. I've been I've been talking about him for a couple of years, but he's at least not better than Gronk. Brandon Thorne, who you recommended to me as a great follow on Twitter, he's kind of an offensive line blocking guru. He went through about ten plays, and he does it every week with Kittle blocking. He thinks George Kittle might be the best blocking tight end he's ever seen. So if you combine that with a tight end who's leading the position in yardage and making a ton of big plays, I don't know. He's got to be in the mix. Well, this is sacrilege for a Patriots fan to act like George Kittle's better than. I'm not saying he's better, but I think he might be in the top couple. He's gone from being a nice little story to he's one of the the tight end position is a bit of a mess in the league right now between injuries and lack of a 
uh, big time players. So maybe Georgie sneaks in the back door here. Maybe he's in the top three or four. That's you he know, can move, if, baby. That, if he can move that well and he's that good of a blocker, I, I trust. He's got to stay Mr. healthy. Thorne. That's a uh, nice pick there by uh, John Lynch, fifth rounder. So he's got tweaks and twinges. He's got to stay healthy. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday uh, where we will recap all the games you just heard. Um, so please, please tune in for that. Uh, if you missed our Twitter show, uh, it is pinned at most, if not all, of our individual Twitter profiles, uh, the Twitter show. And uh, people who have asked, oh, well, you guys aren't doing Monday Night Recap anymore. Oh, yeah, we are. It's on the Twitter show. So check it out. And no, we're not going to make it an audio show because it's the Twitter show. It's a video format. That's that's what it is. <laughs> and don't, oh, I liked it better when it was the Tuesday pod. No, you still get three podcasts. But now there's a video show. You get an extra one, really. It's four shows. It's ultimately like. What do you like? You like our show? What do you like better, three or four? Four, obviously. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Stan <laughs> is signing off. I'm getting back in bed. <clears throat> four. The mailman, the old boss, and the loose cannon behind the glass. Oh, yeah. Till Sunday. Hope I'm there. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Three very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Calm. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash slash iHeart.